Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Good morning. At Brigham and Women's Hospital, a little bit up the road, I am very blessed to be the palliative care and hospice chaplain. Yes, I'll admit it, the job is often sad, but I'm also inspired by the love, grace, courage, humor, and insightfulness of many of the patients and families I meet. Yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, from the 23rd Psalm sums it up. I walk most days in the shadow of death with our patients. The work is a spiritual practice of sorts because each day I am reminded of how precious life is, how fragile life is, and how everything can change in just a moment. The Dalai Lama, spiritual leader of the Tibetan Buddhists, says, imagine a wide ocean with a golden yoke adrift on it and in the depths of the ocean swims a blind turtle who surfaces for air every hundred years. How rare would it be for the turtle to surface with its head through the hole in the yoke? The Buddha said that attaining a precious human birth is rarer than that. And when we train our minds to realize the importance of our precious human life and how rare it is, we can decide to take advantage of it. In other words, precious and rare opportunities surround us, and we should recognize their value. We have obtained this precious human form, endowed with these special characteristics. If we were to waste it, simply indulging in trivial concerns, it would be sad. Precious moments do surround us, and we need only to take the time to notice. But do we take the time? Another teacher, Soigel Rinpoche, puts it this way. If we look into our lives, we will see clearly how many unimportant tasks so-called responsibilities accumulate to fill them up. One master compares them to housekeeping in a dream. We tell ourselves we want to spend time on the important things of life, but there never is any time. Even simply to get up in the morning, there is so much to do. Open the window, make the bed, take a shower, brush your teeth, feed the dog or cat, do last night's washing up, discover you're out of sugar or coffee, go and buy them, make breakfast, the list is endless. Then there are the clothes to sort out, choose, iron, and fold up again. And what about your hair or your makeup? Helpless, we watch our days fill up with telephone calls and petty projects, with so many responsibilities. 
or shouldn't we call them irresponsibilities. Our lives seem to live us to possess their own bizarre momentum to carry us away. In the end, we can feel we have no choice or control. Of course, we feel bad about this sometimes. We have nightmares and wake up in a sweat wondering, what am I doing with my life? But our fears only last until breakfast time, out comes the briefcase, and back we go to where we started. If you were given the news that you had a year to live, and I hope no one here today has received such news, after the shock, what might you do differently? What might you want to finish or try or celebrate? The patients I visit wish they had spent more time with their families and friends and less time at work and wrapped up in other activities. They wish they had offered the most important people in their lives more of their love instead of keeping it for themselves. Lama Surya Das, who has um, spoken here with us, said one day, why do people hoard their love? Do they think they're going to run out of it? Death reveals our relationships to be our most important possessions. The patients I visit wish they had repaired relationships that had fallen apart, including the ones that fell apart for petty reasons, the ones they still had regrets about. Sometimes they still have time, but sometimes they don't. Why wait? Here's a small example from my own life. It probably doesn't sound like a big deal, but I carried a lot of regrets about this for a long time. And about 10 years ago, I wrote to a college professor to apologize for the way I had disappeared when she had wanted to help me gain several great opportunities. I didn't have the skills that I have now and instead of just saying, thank you very much, but I have a different plan, different goals, I disappeared. She had done a lot for me, and I carried around regrets about my behavior for a long time. So one day I looked her up on the internet, and I was amazed that she hadn't retired yet. And I wrote to thank her and to apologize. And I felt lighter not carrying these regrets any longer. And then about a year ago, I ran into her in the middle of the night at the hospital. Her husband was a patient, and I helped her navigate the hospital. And I really wonder if I would have been able to do that so freely if I hadn't written to her. I think I might have been embarrassed. It might not have reached out to her. So why wait? Why carry around regrets? 
Is there someone you might call or write to or connect with in some way to apologize or to thank? Might you lighten the load of regrets that you carry with you? Dr. Ira Bayek is a palliative care physician at Dartmouth-Hitchcock Hospital. He says there are four simple statements that are powerful tools for improving our relationships and our lives. He has shared them with hundreds of dying patients, but emphasized that they apply at any time in our lives. He says, comprising just 11 words, these four short sentences carry the core wisdom of what people who are dying have taught me about what matters the most in life. The four sentences are, please forgive me. I forgive you. Thank you. I love you. When you love someone, even if you feel like you are stating the obvious, it is never too soon to say, I love you, thank you, I forgive you, or will you please forgive me? Why leave anything of such importance unsaid? None of us know how long we have to live. Life is very fragile. I have met countless family members, including one last night, who wished they hadn't waited, who wished they hadn't lost the chance to say what they held in their hearts when death came unexpectedly or faster than expected to their loved one. And I have met countless family members who have said things with pain in their voices like, my father or my mother told everyone else how proud they were of me, but never told me. Why did they wait? Yesterday, a patient who had been married for almost 50 years was waiting for a very long and difficult surgery. Her husband had left without saying he loved her and this was very hard for her. I know she was wondering if she would ever see him again. I asked if he was the type of person who thought it was obvious to her, and she said, yes, he hadn't said it very often over the almost 50 years. How sad. I end every call with my daughter by saying, I love you. And if we get cut off or I forget, which is pretty rare now, I call her back, even if it's just to say, I love you. If anything happens to me, I want the last words I said to her to be, I love you. The knowledge of being loved, even when we are separated from each other, sustains us all and provides comfort and inner strength. 
because accidents and sudden illness do happen, it's never too soon to express forgiveness, to say thank you and I love you to the people who have been an important part of our lives. Dr. Bayek also says, we often underestimate the power of words as instruments of healing. Specifically, we don't recognize the power that comes from talking with one another about our feelings and our most private and intimate fears. Honest, heartfelt, well-chosen words have the power to heal and make us whole. I love his words about forgiveness. He says, many people confuse forgiveness with exoneration. Forgiveness does not excuse someone from doing something wrong. It does not alleviate their guilt or lessen their transgression. Instead, forgiveness accepts the past as it was, embraces the present, and faces the future. Forgiveness is a strategy for each of us to lessen the amount of emotional baggage that we carry around. But saying, please forgive me, and I forgive you can be the toughest of the four things to say. The need to forgive and to be forgiven simply means we're not perfect. Forgiveness is a passage to sanctuary of wholeness, to a nurturing place where we can feel intimately connected to the people who matter the most to us. As people come to the end of life, it is common to have at least a few regrets. Inevitably, there will be things we all wish we had a chance to do over. There are things we have said that we wish we could take back. We can also extend forgiveness and compassion to ourselves. All of us have things we wish we hadn't done, even dark secrets that we hide. You may think that other people don't have them, but they do. You have made mistakes, I have made mistakes. So what? Who hasn't? It only proves we're human. Please forgive yourself and show yourself the kindness and compassion that you extend naturally to others. And if you would like some help with this, Watch for the mindful self-compassion classes that I'm going to be offering this year. At the end of life, people have a need to know they have made a difference. Why wait to tell the important people in your life that they are appreciated? Is there someone in your life that you might take the time to thank? I have a small ritual where I write letters every Thanksgiving to a few people from different parts of my life who have made a difference just to say thank you. Usually I had thanked them in the moment, but sometimes the influence and impact of a person shows up later or our awareness of their importance becomes clearer to us with time. I think it's time to write a few more letters 
sooner rather than waiting until Thanksgiving. When life is short, each moment becomes precious, and we shouldn't have to wait for death's approach to realize this truth. No one can tell us how long we will live or when we will die. Our best strategy is to live each day as fully as possible and to not delay letting people know we love them and thank them. I invite you to join me in the weeks ahead to find opportunities to say, I love you, forgive me, I forgive you, or thank you, and to find the peace these words will bring us, both now and later. <laughs>